the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 106 of the Severe MMA podcast is here. My name is Sean Sheehan, and I'm here, as I am every week, with Graham McDonald. We're going to talk about some of the big MMA news from the weekend. We're going to talk about uh, UFC Halifax and... The Black Beast, Derek Lewis, proving me wrong. We're going to look at GSP and his comeback and see who's next for him after he announced he was uh, coming back to the UFC. We're going to look at the Bama Tour card. If you read the Irish names on that card with uh, Bama and Bellator coming together in uh, Belfast. Uh, and we're going to look back at the Bama card from the weekend and a few other things as well before we answer your questions. As always, this week's podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at rosnutrition.com. You can get 25% off your first order at rosnutrition.com with the promo code SEVERMMA. If you don't know by now, you should know. Uh, ROS Nutrition are Ireland's uh, leading supplement provider. They have all that good stuff, like greens, foods, um, things for joint health, essential oils, fat loss, female nutrition, proteins and amino acids. They, you know... New New Year, new me, Graham. Happy New Year. Um, <laughs> ROS Nutrition have all that good stuff for you. Head on over there. They have a fantastic website. There's some great offers up there. And get Also, as I said again, get 25% off your first order with the promo code SEVERM. ROSNutrition.com. Boom. Graham, big weekend. No, no game again for Liverpool. They're on their uh, mid-season, pre-season. Um, it, yeah, we managed to get out of the Provincial Cup early enough to get a rest in for the squad. A bit of a mid-season break. <laughs> Klopp's been calling for a mid-season break, so he managed to engineer one here beautifully. <laughs> you love seeing it. <laughs> Aren't all cups provincial? Like, even if you're in Europe, that's a Europe is a province of the world, isn't it? No, it's a continent. So what? Well, England's a country, isn't it? England's not a country. No, the UK is the country. Britain, Britain, British passports, not English passports. Yeah, but sure, there's Welsh teams in it as well. There you go. Yeah, they have a special dispensation uh, from FIFA for their own FA, Scotland. This is, this is bigotry, You're worse than Donald Trump. This you are. Fact. You? This, is, this is so sad. So sad. The magic of the cup does there this year. I, I lo- we, had a, we had a big argument the about magic this couple of weeks ago. We're not buying I, into that show. I yeah. love the cup. What about Sutton? What about Lincoln? Come the on. magic of the cup. Like. It's brilliant. Arsenal are going to have a very easy run to the, to the final, possibly. But United are out now, obviously, because they... Uh, they drew Chelsea away. Indeed. So, uh. anyway, <laughs> any more big news over the weekend? No, there was um, nah, a lot of MMA though. Much happened. Though. There, was a, Andy, yeah, there was a lot of it. Yeah, so we we better get into it as well. Then. <laughs> yeah. John McGuire making his uh, severe MMA interview and debut. Yeah, he? yeah, he did a good job, didn't he? Was... Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah so for Steve, you're getting sacked, but um. Yeah, <laughs> Cali Steve's out the door. <laughs> Cali Steve's out the door. I suppose the first thing we're going to talk about is the UFC Fight Night uh, Halifax, which was actually a pretty enjoyable card uh, as it came after UFC 208, which was pretty terrible. Um, from top to bottom, you know, there was a lot of finishes. Even the decisions were, were pretty um, were pretty good. But I suppose the first thing we'll get to is the main event. And um, Derek Lewis did it again, didn't he? <laughs> He's just... Oh God! How did... He just lures them into a false sense of security and then pounces. <laughs> yeah. He's like a, he's like a wild animal. Yeah, he's, I, I, Derek Lewis has flummoxed me. I like lots of people are saying, "Oh, you're changing your tune now," but I'm not. Like I still think the same of yeah. him as I thought before. I sent, I sent you a message uh, during the end of the first round. Yeah. Going, Derek Lewis is looking terrible again, but he'll win somehow again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. 
he's just one of those fighters like 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 talking about Derek Lewis okay he he obviously is an off a, a specimen of a man a beast of a man like he hits hard when he gets and I've said this before when he gets like when he gets on the ground and he gets in mount he's phenomenal there I think he's really good there his technique is very good there and obviously his size and stuff helps him and his strength but he's he's good there even besides that but on on the feet he said afterwards he hates throwing jabs and I, it looks at like he's just I don't know he's just oh god if Travis Brown was was eating him up in the, in the first round you know landing those front kicks to the body and stuff I, I think Lewis might have been playing a little bit of possum although he, he said afterwards that he needed to take a shit and stuff when he went in him but I don't know it looked weird at first but then when he kept doing it I think it was maybe it wasn't possum or else he was pretending for a very strange reaction it was a very yeah. strange reaction to being kicked in the body either. it was like a pro wrestling reaction to being kicked in the body. Yeah, I think the the way he held onto his body it made it made it a target for Brown, and he kicked him hard. And then I think he actually hurt him at one stage when he was running away, and uh, and he was like punching him in the in the head as he was running away. But you have to hand it to him; he came back well, and, and he got the finish. And uh, yeah, once once he hurt him, he really went into action. He stepped it up and put the pressure on and put him away. Um, yeah, Travis, Travis Brown is one of those guys as well that's always liable to get hit and hurt, you know. He he, he tried to fight in a different manner this time. I think uh, who's in the country? Um, uh, Brian Brian Sand was saying that, you know, he'd moved away from Edmund and he was training with Rasefo and he was trying standing in more of an upright stance, throwing kicks and it, you know it was working for him for the for the start. But once Travis, as you say, once Travis Brown gets hit, it's just he his legs, you know, going queer street and that's kind of the end of it for him. Yeah, and uh, the ref as well at the end was a bit. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't seem to like Travis Brown. Made sure he he was he was out before <laughs> going anywhere near stopping it. Yeah, I said on Twitter at the time like he was waiting for the autopsy before before he <laughs> like like I thought it was just horrendous and there was a fair bit of bad uh, refereeing and judging this card which we we'll get to as as we go through it. But just on on that like. There's uh, some stoppages like that. You're like, okay, give him a chance, give him a chance. But Brown got dropped, right? He got he got hit with kind of that clubbing, glancing blow when he'd already been hurt, and Lewis put him down. And then Lewis came down and he hit him with one shot right through. Like Brown put up his hands, he hit him with one shot through his hands. Then his hands went down. He hit him with another shot, and he that's the point when he should have stopped it. And then Brown kind of got walking up a little bit put his hands back and then Lewis hit him like four or five more times through his hands and didn't even didn't stop it like he took at least five shots too much in in there and like Yamasaki was just um it was Mario Yamasaki wasn't it yeah he was just yeah yeah like the stoppage was definitely was definitely bad but I suppose if we're looking at Derek Lewis and trying to figure out what he's actually doing like People are saying to me afterwards, he's won six in a row, and I, I was still saying, you know, he's not a great fighter. He's won six in a row. How is he? How is he not a? You know, how is he not a bad fighter? How is he not a? Sorry, not a good fighter. How is he a bad fighter? I was like, the heavyweight is a funny division. Like I was sure Travis Brown had beat him last night, but Travis Brown kind of was winning, and maybe he didn't throw it away directly. Was took it from him, but and and he did very well in that. But if you look at look at his other fights, Lewis, like he has this reputation for an exciting guy. But that Shamil Abdurimov fight was just terrible. The Ryan Nelson fight was terrible. I thought he lost it. Before that, okay, he had, he had some good finishes and a lot of ground and pound. And as I said, that's where he's very good at. But it's I I still have that feeling with Derek Lewis that he'll only get so far with this brute strength and like 
unbelievable chin and stuff in the heavyweight division. We've seen guys like that before, and I think a lot of people compared him to Ryan Nelson, and it's probably a good comparison. Comparison, although I think Ryan Nelson's technique is a lot better than uh, a lot better than Derek Lewis's. But there's only there's only so far you can get. Like if you look, say from say from Brock Lesnar till now, you've Lesnar, Ken Velasquez, JDS, Stipe, Verdum. Is there someone I'm missing? No, I think that's all of them. And all of those guys, good technique, obviously beast as well, very, very good athletes and stuff like that. But there hasn't been that person like Derek Lewis, who is just like a physical phenom. Now, Brock Lesnar is, but he has unbelievable wrestling as well and good technique. But Francie. But Francie is, has good technique as well. You know, he hits hard. Yeah, but he's that, got that, that raw fucking he strength has. as well. But it's grand having that, but as long as you have the technique with it. And I just don't think that... Um, um, Derek Lewis has that technique. Yeah, he's very flat-footed, and and he can, he just backs up and puts himself against the cage a lot. I think his corner were calling for him not to do that, but I, I think he was he must have been hurt from their body shots because he was kind of. Uh, it, it's hard to know if he was actually playing possum to them to them body, them body kicks or not because it's it's a uh, it's a dangerous strategy to to hold your hands down across your abdomen like that, like when, when heavyweights are swinging punches at your head and kicks at your head. So if he was doing that, that's a that's a very very risky strategy. But I wouldn't put it past Derek Lewis. He seems to be a bit of a wild man. <laughs> yeah, he's he's fun. Like you have to admit that he's fun. Some of his fights can be very fun. Obviously, as I said, there some of them can be terrible, but they can be fun. He's a fun guy outside the cage. You know, he's kind of a a likable character and that. Although his his post fight interview <laughs> was, it was absolutely uh, hilarious. Some of it was hilarious, but I I didn't like the Ronda Rousey bit personally. But uh, I didn't like the Travis Brown bit as well because I don't think that was um about his uh his problems with domestic violence because i don't think that that was actually in any way proven i think don't think she even pressed oh. charges so i don't know if that's like i don't know the details about that but it's definitely not a uh, confirmed and uh, yeah. uh slandering somebody's name like that is not isn't good yeah that's that's a very sketchy kind of thing because like it's obviously terrible if he if he did um uh, you know, did do domestic abuse on his, yeah. his ex wife. If he was convicted of it, then co- yeah. call him out, no problem, or like fair play, go ahead. But the fact that he wasn't, the fact that she made a claim on social media, then she the police talked to her apparently and she didn't want to press charges. So I don't know, I don't know if it was made up or if it was real. And yeah. it's very hard to know. So it's, it's, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit hard to know if Derek Lewis was, uh, maybe he knows a bit more than we do, but I, I doubt it. Yeah, it's one of those tricky ones. Like because if you're obviously if you're a victim of domestic abuse, it's terrible. But if you're a victim of false claims of domestic abuse, it's terrible as well. Like, and I don't know which is the case here. You know, the claims were made, but as you said, it didn't. You know, he didn't get prosecuted or anything like that. So, yeah, I suppose you have to take that at face value. But yeah, that that was a bit. Um, you know. Whatever your opinion is on that, I suppose it's it's your own. I suppose it's a personal thing, but yeah, <laughs> other things like him out with the belt afterwards. Um, and he called it, he said he felt like an interim champion. <laughs> 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 well, it was pretty good. Like he he's doing himself, you know, a lot of favors here. Obviously, the win streak as well is going to help him. He's getting himself a good name. Who who do you think he's he's up for next? He was talking about Mark Hunt if he beats over him. He's talked to Ken Velasquez as well coming back from injury. Uh, do you think he'd have any chance against either of those guys? I don't, but I think he'd probably beat him anyway. I think he has a chance, yeah. <laughs> the star matchup doesn't usually suit Derek Lewis, but he gets the win a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I think I saw people calling for the, the Francie and Ganu fight, and uh, I, I definitely go for Ganu in that fight, but I think Derek Lewis is confident enough to take it. And a lot of people don't want to fight in Ganu, I'd say, as well. 
Yeah, I, I don't think that'd actually be a bad fight. No, I've I've said it before that I, uh, you know, I actually wouldn't mind it happening. I've said it before. I think Ingen all win, but uh, the talks about putting Ingen all against Ken Velasquez, and I I think that'd be just a terrible matchmaking because okay, if, uh, I've said I think Francis is a future champion, is really good, but you're putting him up against probably the best heavyweight in the world, and what he's only like nine, ten fights into his career, and he, he's still very novicey. Like you know, he's. Uh, especially against a guy like Velasquez if you're giving him Lewis Grant give him that maybe give him one more and then put him into a Velasquez fighter uh, even even if you put him in steep I, I think you can't give him Velasquez at this stage you know if, uh, when he's when he's a contender you you either give him the the title fight or you give him somewhere that's going to get him to the title fight you know I've, I, uh, there was kind of a debate on Twitter and on the week about protecting people and stuff and I think prospects you know, I, I've kind of changed my mind in this over the last few years. I think it's grand to put prospects up against each other, but putting contenders up against each other, especially in these divisions, is a bit foolhardy, I think. Uh, it's grand if you're maybe in bantamweight or in lightweight or wet featherweight, but in, in heavyweight... Yeah. If, the fight, if the fight sells as like a big main event and will draw by itself, then it kind of makes sense. But when the, yeah. these contender bouts aren't really big attractions and they kill off one of the main contenders, then they kind of don't make sense. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Um, for Travis Brown, I suppose he's now three and one in his last four. Lost to obviously Lewis Verdum, Velasquez, and Arlovsky. And one and three, you mean? Yeah, or one and three. Yeah, sorry, and beat Matt Mitrion in that very, um, very controversial fight where he poked his eyes out, didn't he? In, in that fight, and uh, a lot of people thought he should have been disqualified, but uh, he. Uh, now it's difficult to see anyone in that heavyweight division getting caught at the moment. Uh, because it, as I said, it's it's so light, and you know he's still ranked there. He's ranked to number nine at the moment. That'll probably change. He'll probably go to ten or eleven. But um, some uh, he's fought Arlovsky before. I wouldn't mind seeing that rematch again if if he is, um, if he is uh, kept on. He obviously lost that fight, but Arlovsky's on a big big uh, kind of fall down as well. But do you, do you think there's any chance he gets caught? Um, there is always a chance when they seem to be cutting, making a kind of a roster cut, uh, trimming it down a bit at the moment. So I don't think anybody outside of the, the, the main, the main household names or main contenders are, are, are all that safe, especially with, um, where the UFC don't seem to be willing, or the WME, ING don't seem to be willing to step up and give these, these, these fighters who are asking for bigger contracts, bigger contracts, they seem to be willing to let them go into free agency and, like with Sirkinov and Lorenz Larkin and uh, a few others, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure what the story Rick's story is, but I'm, he's probably in a similar situation. So uh, I think uh, this is not the time to be uh, to to be losing if if you're not a, com- a commodity to the UFC because they may just cut you. Yeah, hundred um, percent. We we'll talk more about the uh, the free agency and stuff later on, but yeah. I, I, I can't see Brown getting cut at this stage unless he's he's very expensive or stuff like that. But then they need names, and they need guys. You know, Travis Brown against Ingano, even something like that. You know, something to build him up. They need they need guys to build up other guys in that division as well. So I could see uh, something like that happening. But look, fair play to Derek Lewis. Good job. I'm still not on. I'm still not on the hype train yet, and I still think it's going to get derailed. But fair play to him. He he proved me wrong. Um. All right, the co-main event, Johnny Hendricks against Hector Lombard. We'll just run through a couple of these fights. Um, we were talking a little bit about this before the podcast. I think we both agree Johnny Hendricks was a little bit improved, but obviously not back to himself in a... Uh, obviously, his first fight at middleweight, he looked... He looked good at the way, you know, he looked he looked strong. He looked, he didn't look unhealthy in there. And 
I thought he um, didn't look in great shape either, though, did he? No, but he, he he never did. I don't think he's that sort of body to look in great shape. I think for him to look in great shape, he didn't fight a lightweight. You know, he's he's one of those guys. He's kind of a wide guy but short. But I think the problems um, that he's going to face at middleweight weren't really shown on on the night because Lombard's another <clears throat> kind of small, stocky, fire hydrant type of uh, type of dude. But he's been at welterweight himself. Yeah. He ha- he has yeah, and I I enjoyed this fight to be honest. I thought it was a, a good back and forth fight. John Hendricks was throwing that beautiful knee straight up the middle. He kind of fa- found his left hand a little bit again that was landing Lombard, and he, Lombard did a good job of of taking those. You know, he's a guy that's been knocked out a couple of times in the past, and we saw yeah. that then Henderson fight he can get put to sleep. But I thought it was a good back and forth fight. Did you, how did you score it, and what do you think of it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I had a, I had it for Hendricks, twenty nine, twenty eight. With uh, with the first round was 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 really close, but I gave it to, to Lombard, even though uh, it could have went either way, really. Um, uh, but I think, uh, yeah, Johnny Johnny Hendricks, um, it, he doesn't look the same as like you think back to the when he was on his way to fighting GSP when he was <laughs> knocking everybody out with big left hands, and even in the GSP fight. He just uh, he just seems to uh, be worn down, a bit, a bit shop worn uh, already. Johnny Hendricks. Yeah, I don't know if he's ever gonna ever gonna recover back to to what he was or ever get better than than how he was. I think it's uh, it's, it's unlikely. Falco has nineteen goals in twenty five games this year, so it's it's possible. You never know. Who's he playing for? Monaco. Yeah, he's gotten back there. French league, yeah. He say banks men over there, doesn't he? Yeah, look at Zlatan. Oh, look at Zlatan, best in the French league, best in the Premier League. There you go. These things happen. Best in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, he is. Though. He's class. Zlatan's brilliant. But anyway, um, sure, Aguero's on the bench and he's better. Uh, who? Aguero. Aguero. Mm, yeah, I love a bit of Aguero. In fairness, but uh, yeah, look, Hendricks. I love a bit of Diego Costa too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my yeah, favorite person in football. Never mind player. But yeah, um, look. <laughs> Hendricks, there's the thing with Hendricks, and I, I've spoken about it a lot in this podcast. For when you get to the top, you know, there's it's always for, not always, but for a lot of people, it's kind of oh, I'm I did it, you know, I'm there. And then Rashad Evans has spoken about this a lot before that, you know, you think you're going to feel differently when you win the belt, but then you kind of don't, and then kind of your goal is gone, you've reached where you wanted to reach, and it's kind of hard to get that back again. And I think for Hendricks. I think there's a little bit of that with him. Obviously, he lost the belt um, soon after he won it, but he you know, had a few injuries and stuff as well. And you know, it, it's harder. It's just harder to get those finishes and harder to look really, really good when you're, um, you know, when you're up there rather than getting up there. If you know what I mean, like he hasn't had a knockout win. It was one of my useless facts of the day. He hasn't had a knockout win since. Yeah. Um, you're striving towards the top, and, and then when you, you think it's going to be all wonderful and glorious when you get there, but it's just very similar as as before, <laughs> and it's kind of yeah. might be disheartening to to people. Yeah, when you lose the belt as well, you you know you lose pay. TJ Dillashaw has spoken about this a lot. It's great when you're fighting for the belt, but then when you lose it, you go back to your old pay grade, or maybe not well, go back, but you had a lot less than you you'll, find a, you'll find a new contract with pay per view points while you're champion. <laughs> yeah, but not everyone is Conor McGregor or Nick Diaz, you know, and it's I don't think uh, a lot of them have that uh, have that luxury. But yeah, look. It, I suppose it was the roots of something maybe for Johnny Hendricks and hopefully, you know, it'd be great to see him him doing well. It's it's tough to see him against uh, someone like a Rockhold or, you know, or a Weidman or a Musassi or something like that just because of their, their size advantage. But I'd like to see him fight Robert Whittaker. Yeah, I, I was going to say be, that myself. I think that'd be a good fight. Or even you know? Vitor. Vitor would be a good one. Yeah, Vitor, yeah. Vitor's fighting Gaslam now, but yeah. 
Yeah. If Vitor wins that fight, I, I don't think he will. But even if he loses it, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing that as well. That was one of the first ones to pop to, to pop to my head. But yeah, he, I think Johnny Hendricks as well, as it's like a lot of it is mental too with him. And he, that win afterwards, he even see, it seemed to park him up a little bit and he seemed to kind of like, oh, I'm back. And even though, even that, if that's a bit false, maybe in, in reality, maybe it'll just be kind of an elixir to kick him on and to make him, you know, to make him kick back into his old ways. So, you know, hopefully for Lombard, he's just one of those fun guys. You know, I would, I'd like to, see, I'd love to see him fight Anderson Silva. I've always wanted to see that fight. I, I think that'd be good, even though he lost and Anderson won. But, um, yeah, a lot of people thought that uh, when Anderson Silva was reigning on top of the UFC for years, that Hector Lombard, who was Bellator middleweight champion or at the time, that he would he'd be the man to beat Anderson Silva. But then he came in and lost to Tim Boach, and that was the end of that. Tim Boach, yeah, Tim Boach would be another one Hendrick could fight maybe, although he's coming off a loss as well. But uh, I digress. Um, Even Jackery. Oh, that was I was actually thinking of that last night. Like, poor Johnny, <laughs> poor, <laughs> poor Johnny. Um, I saw some, the person who impressed me the most on the night was was Gavin Tucker, who fought Sam Cecilia and won over uh, a unanimous decision. You know, there was kind of the whiff of a, a TJ Dillashaw or a Dominic Cruz off him fighting in the featherweight division. Um, you know, came out light in his feet was beating Sam Cecilia up. I think Sam Cecilia landed three bunches in like the first... Yeah, he couldn't be touched in the first two rounds. He was just making a fool of Sam Cecilia. Sam Cecilia was swinging for the fences, but just getting danced around and just completely outstruck. And Tucker looked looked really, really good. When you see a local kind of Halifax guy on a a Halifax card, you kind of think, oh, um, don't know about this, but this this guy is legit. Like, Sam Cecilia, okay, he's not not a top 15 guy or not not a top, top guy, but he really just made a fool of him in the in the first couple of rounds. He just completely dominated him, and uh, uh, he he did slow down uh, Tucker at the uh, towards the end, and kind of was was uh, moving away a lot at the end. But he already had the job done. He said he said himself he wasn't taking any chances in his UC debut in the in the post interview. Yeah, I think Sam Cecilia was kind of a willing opponent for the first two rounds, but for the third he came out and he, he tried and he hit he hit Tucker with one good shot. Although I don't think it hit him as hard as maybe the the commentary made out and Tucker came back and I thought I thought won that round as well. But it's great to have have guys like this coming up, you know that featherweight division. It doesn't need it, but he you know getting it and there's a lot of good matchups for him in, in the future. Obviously that was his debut, but as well as you said, you know a local guy. And his corner impressed me an awful lot. You know, they were giving him very, very good advice. I think it was mentioned in the commentary as well, between rounds. Like, they're, they're very smart guys. And we, we've spoken before on, on the podcast about how, you know, maybe you're better off going to big camps and stuff. Uh, and a lot of kind of maybe the local uh, small camps are kind of lacking, not just in training partners, but in, like, you know, new methods and, and stuff like that and, and progression in the game. But I think if you get a really, really good smaller camp, which is, you know, which you can get more time with the coaches yourself and it's kind of um, all revolving around you. I think that's even better than being at a big camp, to be honest. And it looks like Gavin Tucker has that. Now we'll see that going forward, but um, it, it's it, the signs are definitely looking good for him and for them to even produce what he produced at the weekend to look that technically proficient and that good, I think it it, it, were, it mm-hmm. says a lot about that camp. Especially in a UC debut, he looked really relaxed mm-hmm. and fluid, and he didn't look in any way well. He, he probably was nervous, but he didn't he didn't show that he was nervous at all while, while he was fighting. He he went straight to it. He looked like he he was a veteran of, of uh, the UFC, and, and Sam Cecilia is a veteran of the UFC, and he made him look like he was the newcomer out of his depth. 
Yeah, Cecilia hits hard as well. Like, and he did well to you know avoid a lot of. Uh, Cecilia didn't throw that much, but he did well to not uh, put himself in position to take those big shots. Cecilia has one punch knockouts before. Yeah, so. he was yeah, a moving target the whole time. So it, was hard oh, to, yeah. it was hard for uh, Cecilia to land them big loaded up shots. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Just we'll mention a couple of more cards before we or a couple more fights before we move on this card. The Tiago Santos Jack Marshman spinning heel kick knockout how did you think the stoppage was yeah i thought it was a good stoppage he got spinning back or spinning heel kicked in the face and ground impounded i thought it was a bad stoppage to be honest really yeah i I did like he okay he got spinning heel kicked and he got knocked down and he took a few shots on the ground but he wasn't out he put his hands up he was trying to defend himself okay he didn't he didn't defend himself intelligently defend himself not yeah but no, but trying isn't intelligent. Well, if you're, if you're not blocking them, if you're trying to block them and you're not blocking them, is a really intelligent defense. Yeah, it is. If you're trying, like you mightn't succeed all the time, but you know, it's it's. I didn't think he was out of it. I didn't think you know he was. If you get through the defenses, fair enough. But if you have no defenses, that's when I think you should start the fight. Like like Travis Brown, his hands went down and and it stopped. But I don't think Marshman's hands went down all the time. Now it wasn't the worst stoppage ever. You know. I'm, I would have liked to have seen it maybe go on one or two if you could if you know okay take him one or two more punches in the same in the same um combination or whatever fair enough i would have wouldn't mind to seeing it stop there but he looked like a guy that hit the ground recovered took a few shots and was getting going to get back defending but he never got a chance to get back defending mm. that's i think I if he had a close if he had to put his legs up and close them behind he just his legs seemed to be just flailing in the air jack marshman's I, I i think i think he was out of it to be honest i thought it was a good stoppage like he would I, I think he would have closed that guard or pushed off with his with his with his foot on the on the hip if he had a had a senses yeah it all happened very quickly you know i think uh graham boylan even uh, graham boylan's manager i think he even came out and said you know he thought it was a bit early but you know fighter safety is, is a thing you know and and it wasn't the worst in the world so look he, he'll fight another day anyway and he was you know he was pretty he was pretty impressive and especially in the second round i thought santos was was winning the fight and marshman hurt him late in the first round didn't he and yeah he was santos one of those guys that he carries a lot of weight and carries a lot of muscle and the way he fights especially recent more recently is you know a very all action type of fighter and he, that's very tough to last uh into the this second and third round and i think it was kind of a turning point if the knockout came at the perfect time for Santos. If it hadn't come then i think marshman probably would have won the fight but um as i said he, he'll fight another day and uh it's good to see the the European guys up there as well doing you know doing good even though even though he lost but um uh, other fights in the card Eamon Zahabi as well made his uh, made his UFC debut uh, if we look at Tucker and we say he he came in and he looked you know light in his feet didn't look nervous and stuff I thought Zahabi did as well for the first round but then he kind of got hit and he kind of his nerves went in a little bit and for the second and third round he kind of grinded out but he he still won he, he looked impressive he hadn't he, been he, out, of the, out of the second or he hadn't been out of the first round in his pro career so oh, it was really? kind of uh, yeah i think i think it was all first round finishes with chokes or, or knockouts so i think he went to the, the distance once as an amateur but th- but that's it so it's been a while since he went that distance and then the uc debut a bit of jitters and nervous energy maybe maybe he ran out of energy a bit but um I, I thought he actually lost the third round. He ate, he ate some big shots when he was he was trying to land his kicks and get into distance. And I th- he already had the fight in the bag though from the first with the first two rounds. So uh, he just kind of needed them to not lose ten eight and get finished. And he definitely I definitely didn't think it was that wide of a round. 
Yeah, he he looked. He reminded me a little bit of Joseph Duffy. Obviously, they're trying to get her a lot. You know, he's the kind of the sideways hands, and he had a good jab. And especially after after the first round, when he um when his kind of movement stopped, he he was kind of he went back to more kind of boxing footwork and his jab and stuff, which was uh which was actually good as well. Even though maybe that's not the way he wants to wants to fight primarily, but um. For a for a debut and what is he seven and all now? Seven and all now. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I, thought I thought that was pretty impressive. But, what did um, you think of his grappling? Do you think maybe he'll struggle against mm, elite wrestlers? That yeah, that was the one thing. Yeah, he got taken down pretty easily. Although he got he did get back up uh, in the first round. But I think Vieira is a, is an underrated fighter too. He, you know he's not bad. Uh, but yeah, he he definitely could. I f- like if he came up against someone like uh, Mirsad Bakhtid or something like that. But um. You know, it's a good place to improve your wrestling, I suppose, with GSP and, and things there. And as I say, he's still young, but uh, yeah, he'll improve. He'll improve a lot, yeah, more than likely with with time and fights. The most worrying thing for me was how he kind of lost his game after he got hit a few times. That was the watching the fight. You know, that's the thing. Obviously, you learn as well. Uh, he's, he's still pretty young in his career, but that was probably the most worrying thing for me. And I don't know. I was speaking to someone about this during the week that. Maybe the younger fighters, there's a lack of sparring, maybe, um, because of uh, you know that people are more cognizant these days of, of brain injury and things like that. Whereas maybe they weren't before, and they were more uh, they were more game bred to steal a nickname back then. And I think now maybe people aren't sparring as much, and when they get into fights and they get hit hard, it's kind of you know they're maybe not as used to it as, as fighters maybe three, four, five, even fifteen years ago would have been. Do you do you see that or am I totally off the mark? Oh yeah, there's definitely less less sparring. I think back in the back in the old days, like military fighting systems, they used to yeah. lock the the lines down. They used to beat the head off each other. Like uh, the stories of shoot a box. You see uh, old videos of Shogun Hua when he was like 18, 19 in a house having a, a full on fight in a house with loads of people there. Like there was mad mad stuff going on back in 10, 15 longer years ago. Nowadays it's much much more safe and people are much more aware, as you say, of uh, of not just injuries to, to the body uh, visibly, but brain injuries and stuff like that as well. So, um, yeah, I think I think uh, sparring obviously gets gets you more used to taking a big shot. But I don't know if you want to be taking them big shots in the gym when you're not getting paid. So it's, I think it makes sense to, to, to do it the way they're doing it. Yeah, I think you have to find a balance, really. You know, like everything in life, I suppose. But yeah, it's anyway. As yeah, a happy was was pretty impressive, and look looking forward to seeing him again. Um, Randa Marcos had a good win as well over Carla Sparza split decision. Well, she didn't have a good one. I thought Sparza actually won, but it wasn't the most egregious in the world. I thought, was that the one? No, it wasn't the one. Was it was which was the one? Was it was thirty twenty seven. Oh, that was Elias Teodoro uh, against Cesar Fajia. I I scored a first round. Terrible, terrible fight. Worst, worst fight in the guard. Teodoro, he's a funny guy on Twitter, you know, <laughs> but his fights are always, always terrible. He said himself he's improving as well. Which fair play to him. A lot of people won't, uh, won't admit that, but um, yeah, yeah he, I, he I, said uh, he got into MMA very late. I think he got in as like late twenty, late twenties or mid mid twenties. I think he said that up in uh, Belfast with uh, Brad Pickett and Paul Felder. They were doing a Q and A. So maybe maybe he will improve, but at the moment he doesn't seem to have an uh, outstanding ability in any aspect of the game. He just seems to be kind of good everywhere, yeah. not great anywhere. 
Yeah, 100%. Um, Santiago Ponzinibbio beat Nardine Taleb as well and burst his face open. You know, bro- I think he broke his nose. But, uh, that was yeah, Ponzinibbio seems to come on a lot with his takedown yes. defense and his grappling in general. He used to just, uh, if you, he, he used to be, he's always been a very good striker, but he used to be able to get him down quite easily and wear him out. But he's he's definitely closed, closing that hole in his game. And he he's a big puncher and, a, and an aggressive fighter. So if, if he continues to improve, he could, he could make a run at, at, at the top 10. Yeah, Taleb, as I said on Twitter last night, he reminds me a little bit of um, Donald Cerrone in that he kind of stands up and he, he throws kicks a lot. But if you can stop those kicks and beat him with boxing, you know, he's if you're good enough, he's very he's very beatable, like in a, in a similar way, even an easier way maybe to to Cerrone. Um, but yeah, there's still two two good exciting fighters. When you know, looking forward to seeing both of them again. Um, Sarah McMahon as well got a big win. Uh, over Gina Mazzani, who came in on short notice after Liz Carmouche, I believe it was, uh, was out. Sarah McMahon, I've predicted she's going to be a UFC champion this this year. If there's a 125 pound division, I think she definitely could be even 135 pounds. I think she's a, you know, she's improved an awful lot, and I think she's a bad matchup for some of those, some of those fighters coming up there. Shevchenko, I, I think I'd pick her to win over over Shevchenko, um, and even even. Um, even uh, Manda Nunes, you know, be a tough matchup for her. Uh, her grappling's improved an awful lot in her takedown defense as well. Even though, she, like, she beat her in the last time they um, they met. But yeah, Sarah McMahon, I'm a big fan of Sarah McMahon's, and I think uh, I think it's going to be a big, big, big year for her. Yeah, agree? she she definitely seems to have. Uh, when she came in, it was it was meant to be kind of everybody was kind of pushing her too quick. I think, and if she had taken. Um, she had taken the kind of more scenic route. She she might have mm-hmm. uh, she might she might be in, in position for a title shot right now. But she's she's ranked behind Katangano and, and Pennington. But um, I, I'd fancy her to beat Pennington at this age. Although Pennington has improved a lot as well. I think I think Sarah McMahon's really putting it together now. She she's uh she's just she looked great in that fight. I know it wasn't wasn't exactly like a top top opponent, but she she went through her as she should have done for for a non ranked opponent. Yeah, like I think that's the fight to make next. Pinfield, Pinfield ranked five, McMahon ranked seven. You know, if if McMahon wins that fight, you know, Holly Holm is ranked four, Pinya is ranked two, Rousey's or Pinya's ranked three, Rousey's ranked two. I think you can probably take all of them out if she beats Pinnington and puts them above. Or you know, she could be up to number two or three in the rankings there behind Nunes, Shevchenko, you know, and maybe Zingano as well. So you know, I think, I think she is. If you, she, could, you could even make the Pinya fight, even though Pinya's coming off a loss. Yeah, I think that's a nightmare nightmare matchup for Pena, to be honest. You know. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all takedown defense for her. You know, she's not going to be taking down an Olympic caliber wrestler. But uh, yes, I, I, Sarah McMahon is. She's. I don't know. She really. She really impressed me. I've always liked her. I always thought she's a good fighter, and um, she's re, she's finally you know putting it all together and, and doing. Uh, Doing really well, and look forward to seeing her for the rest of the year. And as well as last but not oh, least, I wonder how. I'm oh, sorry, I wonder yeah. how she'd look up, up, up at featherweight. I think she'd look better at 125. To be honest, yeah, I think she's small for the division. You know, even 135. But you never know. Maybe if she give her a chance, I think she'd beat the random. I think she would. I think that's a good fight for her. Randomly looks very big in the Ali Hunt fight. I think that would be a, on her side. But um, if McMahon could get her down early, then then I, I pick McMahon. But I wouldn't be surprised if Randomly 
tooled her up on the feet early. Yeah. If, she, if she can't get that takedown in the first round. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, as I said, last one, last but not least, Niall McGrath's best friend, Paul Felder, got a beautiful win with an elbow against Alessandro Ricci. Um, and then snub Niall. No shout-out. No, no shout-out in the first place. That's a, what a way to treat your best friend, like. What a way. <laughs> That was that was terrible, but um, yeah, it, it was obviously a very good finish. Um, Felder, again, he's he's such a not a frustrating guy, but he tries so hard and he puts so much power behind all of his shots. I don't know. It's just if I was him, I was like, well, what what more can I do? You know, it's it's very tough for him. I think this finish. Well, what happened in the end? I can't really remember. He, he hit him with a lovely elbow, but it was kind of. Did he get hurt or something? I, can't, I just can't remember. No, but it, it didn't look like the finish was coming until it kind of came. And, you know, it was great. Maybe, as I said, with um with, with Hendrix and stuff like that, maybe it'll give him more uh, more positivity. And, and, you know. I think it was the elbow that hurt him and the, the punches that finished the punches that finished him. Yeah, but he just throws so hard so often. He's like, he's a great guy to watch and stuff. But you, you feel like if he had an, maybe it's natural power he's lacking or something. And if he had a little bit more of that, he'd be such a great fighter, but he's still, he's still fun to watch. And a guy as well that kind of came into the UFC and didn't have that much experience and was kind of thrown to the wolves a little bit, uh, a little bit early maybe. And, but he's, he's building himself back up now. And it's, it's always nice to see, you know, the Irish MMA doing well in the UFC. <laughs> the Irish dragon. The Irish dragon. A lot of lads dragging themselves around fucking Ireland this morning after staying up all night to, to watch uh to watch a bit of Paul Felder. Right. Um no UFC event next week, but the week after we're gonna be UFC two oh nine and we'll talk about that next week. My boy Wonderboy Thompson against Tyron Woodley and uh Tony Ferguson against uh Habib Nurmagomedov. And obviously that that card is headlined by uh, the welterweight title fight, which could have ramifications <coughs> if you're a man from Quebec called or Quebec or is even Montreal, Montreal called George Saint Pierre, who announced his comeback to the UFC this week. He's come to terms with a new deal. Uh, or well, he's come to terms to fight anyway uh, with the UFC. Dana White and himself. Um, but but uh, announced that he's coming back this week. What uh, what do you think about this? We, we you know there's a lot of being said about this over the last few years. A lot of people saying we don't want him to come back. He's you know he's done what he has to do in this game. He's nothing to prove to anyone. You know he can retire. He's loads of money. But are you happy to see him back now after after it's all settled down? Or are you do you still want to see him? Um, he probably should have stayed retired because. Of the, uh, being undefeated in, in years it's like if you win a couple more fights it isn't really going to add much to, to your legacy but there's big money on the table i'm sure uh i'm sure gsp wouldn't mind getting paid a few more times so it's up to him like if he, if he wants to do it like he's had he's had a couple of knee injuries even since he even since he retired and uh it's it's, it's hard to it's hard to know how he's going to look he's been out for a good while like he, he took a, a serious beating from johnny Hendricks um in his last fight uh, it's a tough one. Like I can see why everybody, <clears throat> I see why the UFC wants him back and why George wants to come back, um, money wise. But I usually don't believe retirements. But I thought George might stay retired. But even though he didn't like officially say he'd retire or anything, but it's it's good to have a, another kind of interesting facet to to the kind of the the sport with GSP back to see how he'll do. He's he seems to be interested in 
in fights with Bisbing and maybe even Connor and stuff like that. So that it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting. But I just can't see him looking anywhere near what he looked like before, and the games move move so quickly. It could be a really bad move for George St. Pierre's legacy. Yeah, I think we. As always with MMA, there's two sides to it. There's kind of the entertainment and monetary side, and then there's the sporting side. I think from the entertainment and the monetary side, it's it's a hit. Obviously, George St. Pierre is a draw. You know, he comes back. He loads of fights. I think the Nate Diaz fight is, is uh, the fight that definitely could be made. That's that's a huge, that's a million pay-per-view by fight right there, I think. Uh, Nate's looking for a big fight to come back. GSP wants a big fight. You know, I think Nate would take that fight. I, although he said before that's that's his brother's fight, but I I've no interest. I don't think any, most people don't have any interest in seeing George Ambier fight. I think Diaz again. Um, so I think that's huge. I think the Anderson Silva fight is it'd be a disappointing fight in one way because it would have been so great a few years ago. Although I was never really that hyped on it, but now they're both well. Anderson, anyways, definitely a shadow of himself. Uh, you know, there's Tyron Woodley. I wonder by the winner that, as you said, Bisping. McGregor, I think I'd be very surprised if GSP gets a win. I'd be very surprised if he's not McGregor's next fight in in the UFC when he comes back, especially if it's over Nate. So there's lots of fights there. But from a sporting point of view, as you said, he got like I a lot of people thought he John Hendricks beat him. I can't remember how he scored. I haven't watched the fight in a long time, but it was definitely a close fight anyway. And you know, Hendricks, uh, most people then White even afterwards said Hendricks won that fight. Didn't look the same. He can't that came after uh, an ACL injury, you know, he had before the Condit fight, which was about a year before the, the uh, Hendricks fight. He didn't look the same against him. The DS fight was too easy, you couldn't really tell. Didn't look the same against Condit. Almonds got knocked out, and he's torn his ACL again since that fight, you know, since the Hendricks fight. And he's been off for, what, four years and early now, three and a half years. It's difficult to see him coming back and, you know, getting back to his days when he was chewing up Koscheck, when he was destroying Dan Hardy, when he was beating BJ Pin, John Fitch, you know, back in those days. It's it's tough to see that coming back. Uh, and, you know, I suppose we, we don't know until he actually does come back and he, see, and he sees it, but... Miracles don't happen in MMA. I don't think he's risking a lot. Like he's he's risking um, his legacy. I think uh, obviously not his whole legacy, but it does. People do remember you by by your last few fights, no matter what you did in the past. Like people, if Anderson Silva had a retired after uh, Bonner, people would remember him a lot more fondly than they they're going to remember him now. I think or a lot, a lot they're going to remember him as a they would have yeah they'd have fonder memories. So it's, it's really risky. But um, I, I can see why everybody everybody's doing it, and I, I wouldn't be that surprised if GSP came in and won a few more decisions, playing it real safe, and and then he retired with a, with a bit more cash in his back pocket, and that's probably what he's going for. He's he's probably he's probably thinking that's that's what he's that's what he's capable of, and that's what he'll do. Yeah. I think he probably sees McGregor and he sees the money he's earning and he probably thinks I can get it. I can get a bit of that. We can, you know, and he, he knows McGregor's looking for those big fights as well. You know, if this flight fight doesn't come off, just, uh, I've said it for a long time, you know, I was, what's, I was on some show at the, the, the turn of the year and someone said to me, who will McGregor's next fight be? And I gave, I said, it'll either be the, the lightweight uh, interim champion. It'll either be Nate Diaz or it'll be GSP. And a lot of people at that time were like, what are you talking about GSP? You know, I was like, that is the fight. Like, you know, that's the money fight. That's the biggest money fight. If you're, you know, 
if you're McGregor and you you know you're looking to always you look for Aldo first, then you're you know you look to the lightweight title, but you got Nate instead because of the pullout, and then you got Nate again. You look for Nate again because that was the biggest fight, and then you look to, to win the two belts again because that was the biggest fight after that. You know he's always gone up and up and up, and obviously Mayweather now he's looking for again. But if you're going up in MMA again, who, where do you go? like? I think Ferguson and Magomedov would be a fantastic fight. I'd love to see it. But does it do as many uh, boys as GSP? Does the Aldo rematch do as many fights boys as GSP? Does the Woodley fight do as many boys as GSP? I don't think so. Um, so I think that could be uh, after after they put the, the few million into reintroducing them. I say it would be even better. <laughs> yeah, definitely could. But uh, you know, I'd I'd love to see GSP coming back. He's his best, but it's. Um, you know, it's it's tough to see it happening. Uh, I think the Canadian market loves, uh, needs it as well. I think they could put him put him in Canada for for his first fight back as well, and it, that'd be that'd be a way of making a great. But who do you think he'll he'll fight in his first fight back? Do you think it'll be McGregor or Nate or Bisping or Woodley or Wonderboy or maybe Johnny Hendricks if he's yeah, going to middleweight? Yeah, I was going to say it could be Johnny Hendricks, but I don't think that's as big of a sell as, as the other fights you mentioned. And I think this is a, this is a money thing, I'd say, more than anything for for UFC and for George. I'd say um, I, I'd say the Nick Diaz fight would probably do more boys than the, the Johnny Hendricks fight. Yeah. God, I just don't want to see that yeah. Nick Diaz fight. <laughs> just have no interest in seeing it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, it's kind of neither one has won a fight in in years. It could be the, the, yeah. the make the most sense, even though it kind of doesn't make sense in another way. <laughs> but uh, he still owed that one one hundred and seventy yeah. shot at GSP. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Oh god! You better explain that. Go on. All right. Yeah. Uh, he uh, there when George and Nick Diaz fought uh, for the wel- George's welterweight title. Uh, there was a. It was in Canada, and the commission, the Canadian commission, let George weigh in over 170, 170 points something, and then uh, they they told uh, unfit or they off the record told uh, the Diaz camp that uh, they weren't going to worry about uh, point or fractions of, of pounds. This was after they'd already done the weight cut, and uh, I think it was Nate Diaz secretly filmed it and released it. So them them telling him that uh, that basically uh, they weren't going to worry about. The contract for 170 pounds yeah and there's a lot of uh a lot of the diaz fans are there uh a lot there's a lot of uh very dedicated and loud <laughs> diaz fans who, as we know who went mad weren't happy at all yeah 100 percent. diaz one two five um yeah i suppose getting back to gsp that and that anderson silva fight makes a lot of sense now too you know in, in a similar way as you were saying the nick diaz fight you know it's both those guys want to make money. Both those guys are a little bit past their prime. Maybe it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be throwing them into the, you know, in against the wolves. And that fight is the one that people have wanted to see for uh, a long time. But God, it's, it's people talk a lot about Pacquiao and Mayweather coming too late. I think both of those guys were still really good, but I, I don't think both of, uh, you know, Anderson and GSP are still still great Anderson definitely isn't you know he's a, a totally different fighter we spoke about a lot last week and I can't see GSP being the same fighter so it'd be a big fight but I think it'd be it'd be a little bit sad in, in the same way of what, what it could have been um but yeah just you know GSP has lots of options it's going to be big whatever he does he's going to make a lot of money out of it and um I'm sure a certain a certain man out in Crumlin will be hoping uh that he wins and uh sets up a big fight for him so, yeah, yeah. 
100%. Too heavy, Johnny. Too heavy. I want to see Nick Diaz <laughs> versus Johnny Hendricks. Someone said that to me last night. I was like, yes. Yeah. Yes, I want to see that fight. 100%. Let's I make that happen. Nice. Come on. Right. Next, we're going to get to the big card. In my opinion, the second best card ever on the island of Ireland after the the McGregor Brando card, which is Bamator. Bamator, is it two? Bamator two or three? Two? Uh, two, yeah. Yeah, Bamator two this weekend in the SSE Arena in Belfast, Northern Ireland, as Bamator and Bel Bamator Bel Bama and Bellator. I lost my ability to speak there for a minute. Uh, Copermoth, Bama twenty eight, and Bellator one seven three, which will be headlined by Liam McGeary versus Chris Fields, with James Gallagher that Bellator portion as well, and Sinead Kavanagh. Uh, let's talk about that. Hold on, let's, let's just before we start talking about that, okay. uh, Chris Fields is out um, with an undisclosed injury, and Vladimir uh, Filipovic, who's eight and two, is in. Serbian. Uh, I just, just got a confirmation of that. Oh God, no, that's terrible. Where'd you get that confirmation? Yeah. I'm just trying to make sure that uh, the person who told it to me. Who confirmed it to me is uh, okay with me saying it. I'm just waiting on a reply here. This is just happening. I've been kind of distracted the last 10 minutes while this has been happening here. Oh, that's terrible because I have an article written and it's coming out now. I know. I'm, right, I'm trying to write an article while doing the podcast here as well. <laughs> yeah. Will we pause? Will we pause the podcast there for a minute and uh, get back to it? Yeah, we okay. might. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're back. The news has been confirmed. Graham, let, let us know. Tell everyone what's happening. Vladimir Filipovic, uh, eight and two, will now face Liam McGeary in the main event of uh, Bell- Bellator one seventy three in Belfast. Chris Fields is out with an undisclosed injury. Yeah, it's it sucks. It sucks to sound American like that. Yeah, I, I had an article written about how Bellator were um were improving their you know their main events made more sense uh, these days. And it did, it definitely did. You know, Chris Fields against uh, against Liam McGarry was a great main event. But this one, it's, you know, they tried their best, obviously, but this one is, is just really, really terrible for them. They said it's going to be the main event. I wouldn't be surprised in the next couple of days if that was changed and they made James Gallagher the main event, um, to be honest. But, it, you know, it looks like it looks that way now. Um, still, 8 and 2 record coming in against Liam McGarry looks like a, a pretty good fight, although on a week's notice, you'll never know. But it's it's terrible for obviously Chris Fields. He's had a lot of fights fall out over the last while, you know, from the Bear Jew as well recently and it's a big blow for him isn't it yeah it's a tough one to take he's had several fights fall apart at the last minute and it was it was the biggest kind of spot of his of his career so far it's very it's probably uh it's probably very hard to take for chris but this is this is mma these things these things happen in mma as gus johnson once said yeah it's it's bad on bellator too um like two weeks in a row, obviously their main events fell out, and I suppose we talk about Fedor and stuff and, and that in a, in a minute. But yeah, it's 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 uh, shitty enough for them. I suppose. Look, McGeary's still there in the main event, uh, and we look forward to that. But um, James Gallagher as well is going to be on the card. I suppose we we'll get to the rest of the card. Gallagher coming in against uh, Kirill Medvedovsky, who he was, I believe, he was supposed to fight him in. Uh, was it Israel they had a card, but they pulled him because they made the Irish card. But that fight is... For his last fight, yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, James, what is he still nineteen, twenty? Still very young in his game, and do, ho- yeah. yeah, you'd expect improvements to to come on uh, bigly to quote Donald Trump uh, <laughs> with every fight. So uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to see James Gallagher again. Um, I see, you know, we, we all know about his ground game and his improving striking as well. So it's it's good to see him. Um, Sinead Kavanagh is the other Irish person on that uh, on the card against Ioni. Rastafarian or something like that. Rastafarian. <laughs> so I don't know much about her, obviously, but uh, Sinead Kavanagh for me is, you know, if there was this 145 pound catchweight, she's in Bellator now, and I'm not sure what her contract situation is, but I think 155 pounds in Bellator or the UFC, I think she could be, um, she could be a danger to a lot of people with her heavy strikes, you know, even a 135, I know she struggles to make that weight sometimes, but she can make it. So, you know, there's uh, there's definitely room for her there in uh, Bellator. Yeah, she's proven quite a fight as well, noticeably. Uh, her grappling seems to come on a lot as well. So, um, yeah, she, she looks like a real real prospect. Um, and then also on the card is uh, James McArlene versus Shay Walsh and Colin Fletcher, free show versus uh, Alex Lahore. Yeah, big big fan of Colin Fletcher. I, I thought Colin Fletcher got uh, caught from the UFC a bit early as well. I'm mean, like Colin Fletcher. He might be, you know, he's not the best fighter in the world, but he's an exciting guy, exciting fighter. So uh, looking character. I've ever seen him. He is, yeah, very, very good. Um, so as we get to the band portion of the card, some huge fights in it. We, I suppose we, we'll talk about Norman Park versus Paul Redmond first. This is domestic fights don't get much better than this. Absolutely fantastic fight. You know, we we know Norman's like good striker maybe not the most powerful guy in the world but you know good very good technique you know good cardio stays on it for all three rounds obviously has that judo background good wrestling good clinch as well saw paul Redmond hits very hard showed his wrestling against chris stringer and his comeback fight there very very good submission artist you know pull her toe off in a second this is this is all the makings of a classic and i find it a very tough one to pick out you see it the same way yeah, it's very tough. I'd expect I'd expect this one to go the the full distance. Uh, uh, to be honest, yeah. I think, um, both guys are are very tough, and uh, both have shown that they're hard to put away, and both have shown that they're they're able to go the distance at a at a high clip as well. So, um, it could this, this one's very hard to it's very hard to pick as you say. It could, it could go either way. It's um, it's going to be a close decision, and it could be it could be a bit of controversy if it's if it's close. <laughs> I like. This is a split decision or something like that written all over, and I think it's yeah, exactly. Yeah, there could be a lot of people saying Colin robbery or either way by yeah. the end of by the end of Friday night. Hundred percent. But it's quite great to see the two lads back, and you know, whoever wins this fight, you you think they'll probably either be re-signed by the UFC or you know be signed by Bellator and move up those those ranks. I know Norman has called out um, uh, Michael. What was he talking? About? Was it Michael Chandler? He was calling out one of the big guys anyway in the lightweight division in uh, in Bellator. So, you know, if he wins, definitely there. And Paul, you know, Paul Redmond is good character. You know, exciting style, and I don't think a lot of people were able to see it in the UFC because you know, obviously, he got Mirsal Bektic and the court cut about eighty five pounds or five, which is not his weight class. Yeah, not his weight class. Yeah, it's yeah. too much for him. So I think people remember him. Remember him for that, but he's he's a lot better than that. 100%, yeah, I totally agree. So, yeah, that should be it should be a good fight. And, you know, big stakes fight. I personally, I don't like this whole North versus South thing that Bama were trying to run for a while, but I, I think they've kind of cut back on that a little bit. Uh, I don't really like the Irish guys fighting each other, really. I do. Um, I, I one, like of them, one of them has to lose here. I think they both could have got a win. And 
but I, I do see the I do see the the reasoning behind it. But I just personally uh, prefer when Irish guys fight English guys or foreign guys. I, I don't like when an Irish guy has to lose <laughs> has to lose in a fight. But these things happen, and it'll be it'll be an it's a very interesting fight. It's very hard to call, and it's it's, it's going to be close. I reckon. Yeah, that Irish versus Irish thing. I think it's. I think it's a sign of progression. You know, a few years ago, I don't think that would have happened. I th- but I think the, I think it's so strong now. The the scene that you kind of it has to be done because there's so many good guys that they have to kind of be matched up. And I think both lads kind of talked about that in the lead up to this fight that this this is a big fight between two of the best guys and those are the kind of fights that need to be ha- happening. Like Cage Warriors have a card coming up. Um, obviously, but. Um, Bellator with Bama, the UFC of cards, so they need to be competitive as well. Need to put on the good fights, and you know you can't get much uh, better fights than this. But um, yeah, there's other fights as well. I think Andy Young is is the coming event, I believe, for the the Bama flyweight. I think it's an interim title um, against Dominic Wooding, who who we've seen uh, a lot a lot of shows around before as well. So that should be a, a good fight. Andy yeah. Young has a few other belts as we from a few other promotions. And Andy Young kind of he turned a corner there a couple of years ago. He was kind of a win one lose one fighter for a few years, and now, but now he seems to be really putting it together. Even even though he's coming off a loss in uh, the last Bama, he uh, he's he's looking really. It was a really close fight, and he was looking really good in that fight. But uh, Dominic Wooding's undefeated. He was meant to fight. Um, Ryan Curtis, uh, Dominic Wooding, wasn't he? But at uh, one stage, but uh, um, I can't remember why that fell apart, but it fell apart anyway. And then uh, further down the card, uh, you got uh, Reese McKee against Tim Barnett. So 5 0 Reese McKee against 3 0 Tim Barnett. He's Tim Barnett's a late replacement for Stringer, who, uh, who, was me- who was meant to fight Reese McKee, but. Uh, but had to pull out with an injury. Uh, he a, a stringer last fought Redzer in a in a very competitive fight that Redzer won. Um, so he would have been a very very tough test for Reese McKee and Tim Barnett's a bit more unknown, but he's undefeated and he has all finishes uh, in his career so far. So you can never you can never look past somebody like that. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Johnny Jitsu is back as well, fighting at the weekend. Steve Owens, big big hitter, is fighting. Johnny Jitsu. Is he out injured? Is he? Oh, okay. Uh, Steve Steve Owens is fighting Jay Herbert, who fought recently again. His last fight and looked good until he got knocked out early. Um, Blaine O'Driscoll is fighting as well. Um, a few a few more guys there. Keep McCabe, Will Flory, Andrew Murphy, Niall Smith. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good uh, yeah. fights. Blaine Irvine's fighting. McKay, I suppose so. the 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 under the radar big fight in this card is is Decky Dalton against Jonathan Brookins which is yeah that's it's, a, it's an odd fight but it's a good fight you know it's uh Jonathan Brookins obviously was he was he the winner of the ultimate fighter I think he won the ultimate yeah, fighter, he won the ultimate fighter. Yeah, yeah yeah and then he, he he took a he went off to the the rainforest I think or the, the Amazon and came back uh, a couple of years after a couple of years hiatus without a corner and he was saying that uh, he didn't need a corner because the the spirits and the energy was going to be on on his side, and then he got that shit kicked out. And I think he's, uh, I think he, I, I hope anyway, he's reverted back to a camp in a corner and smoke smoke more weed, John. Smoke more weed. <laughs> <laughs> smoke some more ayahuasca. Yeah, you need it. Uh, it sounds like, but yeah, that that should be a good. That's welterweight. He was fighting one thirty five, wasn't he? Yeah, or maybe I think he went down forty five. He fought Aldo at forty five. He fought Aldo in the WBC at forty five. Yeah, we look featherweight. Hmm. He fought at flyweight. He missed weight though. He went in at 128. Then he fought at bantamweight, and now he's fighting at welterweight. <laughs> well, that's what Wikipedia says anyway. So it mightn't actually be. Well, what? Dicky Dalton. What weight does he usually fight at? Who do you fight? Queeley, doesn't it? 
Yeah, she's far from feather to life. To, to... I, I might be so bad, so but yeah, should be should be a good fight. You know, if Dickie Dalton can can beat Jonathan Brookins, that'd be a huge name on his uh, on his uh, list. So he's he's pretty he's a good fighter as well. He he, he was him who fought Queenie, wasn't it? In that close yeah, Dickie fight. Dalton fought Queenie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was a main event of Cage Legacy. Yeah, that was a very good fight. For them. For that, um, Will Fury, Flory as well. I mentioned him. He, you know, he's got a lot of lads pulling out against him, and uh, it's good, to, good to see him getting a fight this time against. I think he's fighting Kyle McLaurin. It says, so yeah, that's it's good to see yeah. him back. But um, yeah, it should be it should be a fun card. Pity, obviously, about the main event, but um, I suppose we can live with it. You, severe male, have you covered? You're, you're going up there, aren't you? At the weekend, he'll be there. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, PT and Niall will be there with me as well. I'll be at a stag night, so I won't. I'll be I'll be drinking pints of Guinness and probably drinking a few shots and stuff like that. So these things happen. Yeah, the Bama card is on uh, Unilad and then on Spike TV, I believe. Um, and Bellator is not on TV ever. Probably, well, probably in like not eighteen days. Right. Or yeah. Forget the about that. After. Please don't. It's on the day after. I've become a meme now on, on Twitter. Do you know, people are like tweeting me every time I mention Bellator. Is that on Ireland? Ho ho ho, fuckers. <laughs> Shout out pricks the whole out of you. Right, before we get to the right, questions. Before we move on, we talk about yeah. uh, Cage Warriors and Decky McAleenan. Yeah, I, I watched he that fight. A, um, go on. He got, he got a, the first win of his pro career there. He, his first pro fight was against James Gallagher, which, which he lost. Um, I think he broke his hand at the very start of that fight and uh, ended up getting guillotined by james i think and um he made this was a second pro fight and he won was it a triangle he won by triangle again, yeah the, he had it in for a long time he was kind of, um his opponent was you know was doing very well to defend it wasn't getting choked but then um he uh he kept it on and on. He started leaning, putting down a lot of elbows on him, and eventually got the tap about halfway through the the second round. But I was very impressed with him. I thought he was, his stand up was very good as well. You know, he good, looked to have good power. And once the fight went to the ground, he kind of dominated from there. He you know he he put that triangle on. He was he was obviously very impressive um, in that. But uh, yeah, as as you say, another uh, another big prospect coming through. Yeah. Um, he had some good amateur yeah. wins over Ron Butler, Carl Bell, Stephen Moore, uh, Jared Gilmore. So he, he's uh, he's been around. He's been around for a while. He's he's not new to the game, but he's just a new pro. Yeah, hundred percent. You saw the rest of the card. What did you What did you think? There was was there a controversy in the Anthony Dizzy versus Martin Sepinton fight? Someone we got um, a few questions about. It. I didn't I didn't get a chance to see it yet. I was out at the weekend, but um. Was that the moment where there was a, maybe an illegal knee? Something like that. Yeah, there was. Should have, or there was a point taken or something like that. I don't know. We probably shouldn't be talking about it if we didn't see it properly. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Carl Amasu as well beat Matt Inman in the uh, in the first round of that fight. Um, you know, Amasu's one of those guys. There's a lot of hype coming in around him as well. You know, um, I I rate Matt Inman very highly. I think he's a very good fighter. So that that win is very good. I think. He could be one of those guys coming into the UFC or going into Bellator pretty soon. I think he's he's uh he's up there. But um yeah, it was it was a pretty pretty good card from looks things. I must check it back on, on Fight Pass and I've only seen bits of it. I saw the McLean fight and stuff like that. But yeah, a good card overall, yeah. Yeah, Brad Brad Wheeler had a nice finish of Warren Key with a liver shot. That was very nice. Mm-hmm. Right. Um another couple of things before we get to the questions. Um Oh, actually, sorry. Yeah, uh, uh, Tim Wild. Tim Wild uh, lost to Jacobson. Uh, Tim Wild was winning the fight, looking looking light in his feet and working a jab, but uh, Jacobson just 
hit him with a big punch, put him down, and finished him against against the the run of play. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, right, Haraguchi and Krylov. Where we talked about cuts last week, Haraguchi and Krylov. Well, maybe they weren't cut, but they they left the UFC and are not getting signed back. What what is happening? Like Krylov, I thought was pretty insane enough because the light heavyweight division is so bare, and he's one of the, you know he's one of the top prospects here. I know he lost the circle off in his last fight, but still he was on a on a uh, a run before that. Haraguchi, and I've said it for a while. I think is the only one who has any prospects of beating Demetrius Johnson in that division. Uh, and I can't believe they let him go. Uh, he's after signing with Risen today. Uh, I think that's just utter insanity altogether to let him go. Um, do you think it's just a cost cutting from IMG WME or what's mm. going on? I, I heard, I heard, uh, I read somewhere that the Krylov actually, he said he was out of contract, but he wasn't. He had one fight left and they just cut him. Yeah. So I'm not sure if he was actually cut or if his contract is expired, but yeah, it's surprising because uh, I, I doubt they're asking for that much money. But maybe people are asking for a lot more money now. They see all like Diaz and Connor and all these people making making big money. Maybe they are asking for for more money in the UFC. They don't want to set a precedent, but um, it's a strange one. They are making a lot of cuts, so maybe they're just they're thinking if you don't put bums on seats or sell pay per views, you're expendable. Yeah, it's very odd. Like that, if I was Demetrius Johnson, I'm thinking, are they going to cut this division or what? And you know, it's so weird. Same with like everywhere, like Serkinov and Krylov gone, and Bader gone more than likely, like in the space of a month. That's that's three of your top ten there, basically gone. That's yeah. The Bader one makes a little bit more sense as we were does, saying, yeah, just for but... the kind of John Fitch factor of taking everybody else out around him. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's still a strange one that. Yeah, used to be a rarity in the UC that you see something like this happen, but it seems to be happening more and more often since uh, WME IMG took over. Yeah, and I suppose the Belter card as well at the weekend. Fedor and Matt Mitrione were supposed to fight, but Mitrione apparently got sick kidney stones or something like that, and the fight had to be pulled. A big, obviously, a big blow for for Fedor and for Bellator. A lot of promotion gone into that, um, a lot of money, I presume, as well. But um, that that fight's going to be rebooked for April or May. They were saying, so hopefully we'll see that again. Um, apart from that, Josh Thompson got KO'd by Patricky Pitbull after. <sighs> He looked okay in the first round, but Pitbull, once he, he connected with him, he hurt yeah. him. Like, it, the headbutt like, seemed to drop yeah, him as well. It did, yeah. But he'd like been hurt before that. He got dropped, but it didn't, it didn't even seem that much that big of a clash of heads. It didn't seem like it should have dropped him as hard as it did. Josh Thompson, to me, looked like a guy who'd been knocked out like two weeks ago in training or something. Yeah, and I don't know if that's true or not, but I, like he looked that way. Because Josh Thompson's not a guy like that. He's, in, he's not a chinny guy. He got knocked out once years ago before by uh, Eve Edwards, I think. But he's fought, you know, Gilbert Melendez and Nate Diaz and never even really looked like getting getting knocked out. So, But P- Patricky people does hit pretty hard. So, you know, and he, Josh Thompson is shoving on as well. So um, that's uh, that was a big win for, for Patricky. Uh, Czech Congo put on a pretty good display, in my opinion, against Ali Thompson. A very good wrestling display. Other ground ground. Those people winning a spider in the division in Bellator. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play. A lot of people are giving out about this, this fight. <laughs> Saying oh, I was boring and stuff. People like just watch kickboxing. So like, he what, got what good This is what Take Hongo yeah. does. He 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 low blows people. He tries to take them down and <laughs> strikes a little. That's what he does. <laughs> he does, yeah. But uh, what did you think of the groundwork? Like, I thought he did plenty of work. I don't think he was laying and praying. I thought he was putting um, you know, he, he got two ten eight rounds on my on my scorecard. Yeah. What do people I think want? They keep like, introducing Take Hongo as this like killer striker, and I think. People who've been watching for years know that that's 
that's like he's not bad at striking, but he's not this killer, and he'll go to the takedown uh, a lot and make it a dirty fight. And he's he's never in much of a rush to to finish top position. So I don't know. People seem to seem to forget uh, previous Congo fights. Maybe it's because they are they are usually pretty forgettable fights. Yeah, that's true. My boy Anatoly Tokov came in here as well, got a very, very good win in the second round against against Francisco France. Um, and I suppose the biggest story on the card was Josh Koscheck coming in and losing in the first round to Mauricio Alonso. Got yeah. kind of hit in the eye again, put his hand up to it, and then kind we of we were saying fell. this beforehand. Yeah. Like, why does he keep fighting when every time he gets punched in the face, he has to, has to grab his eye? He, his your eyes are pretty important. I think. I think uh, Josh Koscheck needs to hang them up. Like, and, unless he can, def- unless he can get that eye eye problem sorted. But if he, uh, he's probably going to need an operation to get it sorted, it's been going on for years and years. This eye problem since GSP jabbed his eye to death. Yeah. Um. And if he does get it fixed, he's probably better off just leaving it there and being happy that uh that he's gotten out relatively unscathed. Hundred percent. Totally agree. Right, let's get to the questions before we do that. Let's give a shout out to our sponsors, rosnutrition.com. Head on over there, rosnutrition.com. Get 25% off your first order with the promo code SEVERE and May. You know, you need some krill oil, you need some vitamin D, you need some multivitamins, you need some protein powder to get swole at the gym, like like JJ Murphy, Ireland's binge, uh, binging champion of... Uh, Ireland's binging champion, that'll do. rosnutrition.com. Promo code SEVERE and May. Get swole. Help us. Help you. Boom. Questions. Mr. Podge, as always, at one, Mr. Podge. First question. Is Alan Juban a tune-up fight for Gunnar Nelson, or is he underestimating him? Um, Alan Juban's a dangerous, dangerous fighter, but I, I, I like to style match up for Gunnar. Um, I think Gunnar will, will, will take him down and submit him uh, late in the first, probably. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Joban isn't a veteran though, you know, he, he might look it, but he, he is and I think it'd be tough for him to, to submit him, but um if it was over five rounds maybe but over three rounds I I could see it going to decision or I could I could see him submitting him as well. But it definitely isn't a tuna fight, you know. Like, well, Joban's been there for a while as well, so uh, that might play a factor. Like Joban's been more active and uh, Gunnar has been I think he I think he was there with an ankle injury from his last fight and yeah just hasn't been matched, so he's been I'm sure he's been training, but he hasn't been in camp like Alan Joban has so yeah. maybe that would play a factor but I still I still think Gunnar's Gunnar's grappling ability and Gunnar uh, will win the fight in the, at the end of the first or maybe early in the second and Gunnar's uh, striking uh, is actually quite good as well people underestimate that I think because of how good his ground game is yeah. um, so I don't see him I don't see him um, I don't see him struggling struggling there too much before before uh, getting the takedown yeah should be fun um Next one from Kevin Higgins at Kevin Higgins IRL. He quotes a tweet from Brandon Gibson, the, who's obviously John Jones and the Team Winklejohn striking coach, who talked about um, the UFC are not no longer sending tape to trainers on opponents for uh, for fighters. And he said, "This is a disgrace." What do we think of it? But for me, don't fighters get fight pass for free anyway? I think they do. Yeah, I, I think it's it's making. I think it's a little bit of making mountains out of molehills. Um, I don't. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. You know, it's just okay. Give them, give the it's trainers as well free fight pass. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> you, they're not hard to get. Like in in fairness, but maybe they maybe they have a system of doing it um, and stuff like that. 
but look, I don't think it's it's a huge issue to be honest. Um, but I suppose it's a sign of the way things are going. I suppose next question as well from Mister Barge as well. He asked about us, Carla Sparza not being allowed to use Metallic as for a walkout song. And do you think that something to do with IME, IMG, WME, and will there be more generic walkouts from now on? What do you think? Um, Metallica, yeah, Metallica's been used for years for loads of different walkout fighters or fighters walkout songs. Um. I wonder what's happening there. I I, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Ooh, maybe it's something about rights, you know, they don't want to pay for the rights to have it or something like that. Um, I think it's something like that. Yeah. They're playing other, other, known, other big songs. Yeah. Um, Someone in bands are weird, though. Yeah, you, you didn't know, but uh, maybe. Uh, at Mr. Podge again, um, Dan Har- Simon Head broke the news at the weekend that Dan Hardy has got documentation from cardiologists saying that he clearing him to fight in the UK. Um, whether he does or not, we don't know. But Mr. Podge asked if he if he was cleared to fight, who do you think uh, he sh- he should be fighting next? Uh, Junie Browning in the tough house. Is Junie Browning isn't in the tough house though? That, uh, unfortunately, but yeah, it would be good. Bro, the there, like Julian Lane is he in there? Yeah, he's in there. Yeah, yeah uh, there. I think he, he's talking about coming back a lightweight. Mickey Gall called him out. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch that Why fight. Not, I Why not? I'd watch that fight. Yeah, I, I don't know if you see a risk with Dan Hardy. If something was to go wrong, it would be pretty bad. Possibly. Dustin Hayes at D Hayes underscore fifteen. Which UFC fight are you most looking forward to upcoming? Which UFC fight? Um, hmm. Um, Wonder Boy and Woodley too. I wasn't really. I wasn't really. Um that excited for it but i watched that extended preview and i just kind of it's a very interesting style matchup again and yeah uh, yeah i usually not all that interested in immediate rematches unless uh unless a long time term champion has, has lost kind of um in a disputed decision or something like that but this one i actually really like uh what else is lined up um uh tony ferguson against habib i suppose would be the yeah, I think that's an easy enough one for could be, but uh, I think I, do as well, uh, I don't rate Tony as high as most people do. Me neither. No. Um, Still, I think it'll be an exciting fun fight. Yeah, it should be. Uh, I wouldn't rule out Tony Ferguson because Khabib's uh, defensive boxing and striking defense is, is really, really, really bad. God, you know it's a great fight too. Cody Garbrandt against TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, that that's a really good fight. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, it's a it's a good bit away now, but. But uh, once it comes around, I say with all the tough hype and all the back and forth trash talk and all that controversy about changing camps and all, we should have a really nice storyline by the time we get there as well. And then we have a really nice fight. Even you know, like sometimes, sometimes you get the you get the kind of rivalry and the bad blood, but you don't have the the nice style matchup. But we have, we think we have package the makings of everything here. Yeah, McGregor against Mayweather too. That should be fun. Um, Stuart Hayes. That's you underscore jutsu underscore. What technique do you think is most underlies, underutilized in MMA? He says it's a low calf kick. Yeah, that's up there. Uh, the bleak kick as well. Yeah, I think it is. Remember Miguel Torres getting his knee blown out with a, a bleak kick? Yeah. Do you, know what, do you know what I think it is? A jab. Yeah, well, yeah. A jab is very underutilized and it's so uh, effective when it is used. Yeah. yeah, I think people who use it well are so good at it. Like, and it's it not just to not just to throw punches, but to set things up as well and to 
to, I always talk about range. Range is the most important thing I think in MMA. And a jab helps you keep whatever range you want, you know. So I think that's there's a lack of body work as well, and, and it's coming in more and more. Uh, people working yeah. the body, but uh, still lacking a bit, I think. Definitely. Uh, Jordan Shaw at Jordan Shaw asks, Holly Holm is <laughs> pursuing an appeal of her fight against GDR. <laughs> Good luck at that. Oh, what do you think the outcome is likely to be? They're pretty proud to go fuck herself, I'd say. Do you know that on films and stuff where they have like a piece of paper and then there's like a stamp and it just is rejected? <laughs> That's exactly, <laughs> exactly what's going to happen. That's yeah, a, they're not yeah. the most reasonable people uh, in the best of times, the old commission. So uh, I wouldn't have too much hope there, Holly, unfortunately. Yeah, Nick Day has a few questions. We we spoke about um, takedown defense being being brought into scoring and fights. I I think it should be. I think you agree with that as well, don't you? Yeah. Um, Tom McCarthy asks, could Travis Brown be off to the World Series of Fighting? Ray Sefo was in his corner last night. He's a two and five record now. Um, mm, it depends on his contract, really, doesn't it? I doubt he's going to get cut because he he like he he can main event still as he just as he just showed there. Um. But if his contract was up and he was asking for more money, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, maybe not worth years of fighting, but Bellator. Yeah, Diomir asked about New York Creed's cry love. We we just spoke about that. Uh, MMA True Talk asks uh, me: Has my opinion on Lewis changed at all after Brown Brown fight, or do you think uh, Travis let that one go? I do. Th- I don't think Travis let it go. I think Lewis did win that one at all. He did let it go a little bit, but there was what I saw in that fight that was I saw better than usual is a couple of his throws now he's done them before but i was i was impressed with one throw in particular i thought that was very good technique but his striking technique and he's he's take down better spinning back kicks they're yeah. beautiful weren't they <laughs> <laughs> he threw one good high kick in fairness in fairness to him that well that was good but uh, yeah i'm his uh, favorite techniques are, are head kicks according to todd grisham mm-hmm. oh yeah we forgot that. i think we've a question actually about todd grisham there what did you aren't a fan of todd grisham were you no, he wasn't good at all. But it was—it's early days. Like uh, you, know, you can't really expect somebody to come in, never done it before, and, and do it well. I—I—I kind of decided earlier on that I wasn't enjoying his his commentary and just kind of—I have a, a good ability to just kind of mute it out from years of muting out Goldberg. But uh, when during the main event when he started screaming like a fan, I couldn't help but hear him. I thought he was excellent, to be honest. I thought he was very good. I liked that. He was like, get out there, Travis. I, I, I liked that. I, I thought he was good. It's, you know, He went Fedor fan commentator on us there for a yeah. minute. I, th- I thought he was good. I think he, he still has like... You're a pro wrestling guy. Though. You like all that no, a- no, amateur but dramatics, don't you? I, I actually think he could bring that back a little bit. And I think he has brought that back a little bit from other um, times I've seen him commentate and talk. A little bit less of the jokes. And suck on the MMA as well. That was that was the worst bit. Oh. Uh, other than that, I thought he was very, very good. Tough, that tough as well. It's the ultimate fighter is the yeah. why it's called tough. It's like people in college. It's not the the ultimate fighter. Yeah, it's like people calling it the um the ATM machine. I've always I've always hated that, but uh, yeah, I thought he was good. I thought he did a good job, and I think he'll improve again if he can just curl back with the jokes a little bit. There's there's no need for them. Um, but uh, I was impressed with him, and you, you had everyone though. So in fairness. That's one thing. Liam asked Twitter shit. Good, ha- good handle. Um, <laughs> if doctors, teachers, lawyers, police can get um, sacked when they do their job badly, why not MMA referees? Uh, because if you sack the ones that you see at the moment, they'll have even worse referees come in and blow fights even worse. We have the exact same. Uh, I saw this earlier. I was thinking the exact same thing. If you look at the NFL, the NFL had a dispute a couple of years ago, a couple of seasons ago with the referees, and they brought in replacement referees, and they absolutely blew every second of every game that they were 
refereeing. It was a disaster. And these guys are pretty bad, like uh, some of the referees in, in MMA. Um, there's, there's only a very few. You could probably count on one hand how many good referees or top-class referees. But sometimes you see a, uh, uh, an unknown referee come in and he, and he just makes complete balls of everything. And you realize why these uh, these guys don't get fired. <laughs> these top guys don't get fired, even when they make mistakes. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Andy Hall has a few questions. I asked about BS, GSP coming back and possibly fighting Bisping. Um, he says if he comes back and fights Bisping, do you think he'll fight Romero after that or have a money fight? No, I don't think I'll fight Romero. Um, don't either. I think he's going to come back and selectively. There's going to be a very careful selection going into his fights. Uh, I think he's going to be fighting top names and big fights um, and uh, maybe bad blood matchups like Nick Diaz and stuff like that. But I dare he'll be... Uh, he has no beef with Yo Romero and they're in a different weight class. And it kind of... I don't see GSP trying to go after the middleweight belt. If he fights Bisbing, it's because he wants to fight Bisbing rather than for the belt, I think. Yeah. Um uh patrick asks is the karaguchi gonna be a loss to the to the ufc after uh after recent cuts yeah we spoke about that a little bit i, I definitely think he is um we have a question there from um from jeff shanahan which who asks uh how do you think david branch will do when he's returned to the ufc yeah i think i think he'd do well actually he, he's he looked really really good uh in world series of fighting he went through everybody at two weight weight divisions uh, he was in the UC before. He's obviously come on a lot since then. Um, it's hard to know what he will do against the very top, top echelon guys, but I'm interested to see it. Yeah. Uh, at Elite Irish Sports asks, um, the, the guy who got knocked out showboating in the cage kind of went viral. I think it was Steve commenting yeah, on that. Cali, Cali yeah. Steve. Yeah. Cali Steve, yeah. Uh, what, your, what are your takes on that, he asks, uh, after Anderson was kind of knocked out as well in, in a similar fashion? Um, yeah, as, as Steve said in the commentary, the showboat always sinks. Yeah, <laughs> that is good actually. I didn't actually hear the commentary. I only saw it like this morning when I woke up or last night uh, that he was coming down. But I must, I must get back and uh, look at that again. We have a few questions there as well from CP after we spoke about uh, light heavyweight division earlier on. Um, we, Harry Paul has already spoke about uh, Carol Amasu. Uh, last two questions, so our last question even. Um, Alan at AJK underscore Dublin. Are you sick of the amount of Trump talk bashing on your timeline? I'm sick of the amount. I'm, I don't care about the bashing. I'm sick of the amount of talk. I just don't give a shit anymore. Or I never did really, to be honest. Yeah. Anytime there's an article posted by any of the the mainstream network or mainstream media, it seems to be quote tweeted with hot takes from everybody on my timeline. It seems to be dying down a little bit now, but anytime any kind of news breaks, uh, people are all over with their strong opinion either, either way, either pro-Trump or anti-Trump. It's, Nobody seems to be reasonable and just looking no, at it from both sides. But that, that's just politics, though. I think it's oh god, it's so annoying. Like I'm just like, just forget about the country. Like you just live your life, and fucking, you know. <laughs> oh, uh, what I what annoys me as well. People tweeting at Portis or at Real Don Trump or whatever he is. He's not fucking reading your tweets. Like why are you tweeting at him like twenty times a day? Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's getting Stop. probably tens and hundreds of thousands of tweets. Like he's not yeah. squaring through them. Anyway, that'll do it for this week. Very, very fun podcast. Uh, thanks everyone for for listening. Sorry to bring you bad news about the whole Chris Fields thing. Uh, I'm off now to rewrite my article I'd written <laughs> from possibly <laughs> RL's drawing the bin. Uh, but that should be fun. And Graham Anting coming up this week. Are any parting messages? Um, yeah, I am 
stakes tuned to severe for loads of Bama 28 and Bellator 173 coverage. Who's going to be doing the interviews this weekend? Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll, we'll have to, everybody will have to tune in and see. It'll mm. be a mystery, a secret. We'll We're all doing interviews these days. Except you, Sean. You need to yeah, step except up. me. Uh, the only person I've ever, ever interviewed is fucking Jeremy Botter. So there you go. That break. Terrible, terrible. No wonder you didn't do it again, huh? Yeah. Although I was on the last conference call with <laughs> McGregor and Alvarez. Remember that? That, that counts. Oh, yeah. 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 So there you go. They avoided your questions nicely as well, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, neither answered my question, but everyone, everyone complimented me that I asked a, a good question. No, I love the way I got reaction. Like, oh, someone comes on a conference call and asks about the actual fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no one, no one ever does. I think I was the first person to ever do that, and they didn't even bother answering them. But, uh, but these things happen, and I suppose that brings us into the inspirational quote, which is which is appropriate for what I just said. And uh, we we leave you on this: perfection is not attainable. But if we chase perfection, we might catch excellence. We'll see you next Tuesday.